Well, we continue in the word of Hebrews. This is our seventh study we've uh, brought in this word in the word of Hebrews, and uh, we're in chapter two, chapter two of Hebrews, verses five through nine. Will you join me in reading Hebrews? Chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. For unto the angels hath he put, hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof he we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he may by that he by great by the grace of God should taste death for every man. What words we see here? What words we see here of the Lord's description of man, angels, and our Savior, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Throughout these first two chapters, the writer has been establishing one point. One point. He's been establishing that God is the creator of everything, of, is the creator of everything, and everything else is his creation, including angels. Our Lord is majestic in all that is him. And the fullness of him is seen in the face of his son, Jesus Christ. Everything else. Let me repeat that to you. Let me repeat that to me. Everything else is less. We must see the Lord in his majesty. It is impossible for you and I to form a proper estimate of ourselves until we see something of the greatness of God. Neither can we form any proper estimate of God's wondrous works until we know something of his greatness. That's what this is all about. It's the realization of God's greatness which caused David to cry out these words, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Those are quotations from the, from the 8th Psalm. Hold your place here in Hebrews, mark it if you would, and turn over to the 8th Psalm. I want you to read this with me. Turn over to the 8th Psalm. Let's read this together. This, is, this realization of what we are before God. You see, this, that's, the, that's the difficulty in this flesh, isn't it? To see what we truly are before God. David realizes this. He's, he's been given the sight to see the truth of what man is before God. And he writes this psalm in the 8th the eighth psalm. And he writes these words listed at the beginning of verse 1. It says, 
Oh, Lord, David, just as you and I calls him Lord, as in my Lord, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How excellent, how majestic, how above everything is your name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens. Folks, all glory goes to him. Whether we know it or not, he will have all glory. Verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy with the avenger and the avenger. When I consider, writes David, thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And we see here where the writer of Hebrews is quoting these very words. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and the whatsoever passeth through the, path, uh, the paths of the seas. Our Lord, O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. The quotation that we found in Hebrews 2, verse 6 is taken from that 8th Psalm in that it inspired a song of praise. The psalmist extols or lifts up the greatness of God in five distinct ways. First, he lifts up the excellency of God's name as we read there in verse 1. Wow. Read that again with me if you would. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Our great God, folks, is Jehovah, the God, the one and only God, the creator of everything that is. Everything that you and I can see, our Lord has brought to be. And this is the God who saves his people. That's the peace that you and I have considering our salvation is of the Lord and of the Lord alone. We know that He is Lord and controller of everything. So when He says this is to be, it shall be. Don't we know that? Oh, to see our Lord, the Jehovah, as the God who saves. Secondly, David sang about the glorious supremacy, the solitariness of God our Savior. The second line of verse 1 speaks of the exaltation of Christ as our covenant surety, our mediator, it says, Thou hast set thy glory, the Lord Jesus, above the heavens. And then thirdly, the psalmist exhibits God's purpose, his purpose of grace. In verse 2 it says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained. God has ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Look over, if you would, hold your place here in Psalms. We'll come right back to it. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Turn over to 1 Corinthians for just a moment. This, I, want, I want to point this out. This, is, this, you can see, you cannot miss the meanings of David's words here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
looking at verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren. For you see your calling, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Can that not make David's words any more clear? That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him, but of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto the, us wisdom. Christ Jesus is our wisdom and righteousness. Christ Jesus is our righteousness and sanctification. Christ Jesus is our sanctification and redemption. Jesus Christ is our redemption. Verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Fourthly, fourthly, back in our text, Psalms chapter 8. So great is our God that the whole of his vast creation is set before us as the work of his fingers. Look at that. It says, I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Think about that for just a moment. It's the work of his fingers. Have you ever, have you ever driven a car that didn't have power steering? Some of us are old enough to, to remember what that's like. And I think just about everybody here probably is. If I was talking to my grandkids, they would say, what is a car that you shift and doesn't have power steering? But you and I, we've experienced it, right? So think about this. The difference in today's world, you can take your finger turn a car. Remember how hard it was to turn at one time when there was no power steering? Now you just take your finger. That's as easy as it is for our Lord. He just takes his finger and puts things where he wants them. That's what that's talking about. That gives us the implication of how easy everything is to the Lord. How creation we, you know, we might think that, oh, did God wake up a, work up a sweat when he created everything? No. No, not the God of all creation. He does it with his finger. Don Fortner wrote it this way. He says, The work of a finger is one which requires no strength, but great skill and detail. So great is our God that the vast universe is his finger's work. Woo! Fifthly, we see in Psalms verse, chapter 8, verses 4 through 9, the psalmist extols, lifts up the greatness of God by humbly rejoicing in God's universal providence. Describing the whole machinery of providence as God's gracious visitations. David knew what the Holy Spirit tells you and I in Romans 8.28. David knew the very same thing. He knew that all things... Why do all things? Because God is God. That's why. We know that he works all things out according to the counsel of his will. David knew the same God as you and I. He may have looked forward to that deliverer, that Messiah that was to come. Whereas you and I look back at the one who came and gave himself for us. But it's the same Messiah. 
God in the flesh. It's the same deliverer. It's the same deliverer that speaks to you and I through the word in Romans 8.28. It says, all things are for our good. David knew that too. Ever entertaining great things, great thoughts of God. Anything that lowers God's character or lessens His greatness. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about man's free will. Anything that takes away from the glory of God Almighty is an abomination. It's a lie from Satan. Do not tolerate it. Let no doctrine believed be believed. Let no sermon be heard. Let no song that diminishes our Lord and His Savior be sung. Let no thought be received which in any way distracts us from the greatness of our God. In all things at all times, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. That's what it says in Deuteronomy 32.3. We read in scriptures, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Do you know that our Lord is great? Is he great to you? Turn over to Isaiah. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah knew what David knew. Isaiah knows exactly what you know about God, Mike Loveless. The exact same thing. He is God. He will never cease to be God. No matter what happens to me in this world, he is still God. He is still the creator. He is still all-powerful. Isaiah knew that. Look at verse 40, beginning at verse 10. Chapter 40, beginning at verse 10. Isaiah writes, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. See how Isaiah is lifting up God in all things, including, including, including salvation. It's the work of God. Verse 11, And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has been able to see the depths of the, mas of the majestic God that we serve? Who hath measured the waters of the shadow in his hand and metered and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighted the mountains and scales and the hills in the balance? Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being 
his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him? And taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding. Who? Who has done that? Verse 15, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient to burn offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? Verse 19, The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over it with gold, and casteth silver change. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. That bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them. And they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high. And behold who hath created these things. Look up your eyes on high, and behold, he that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them by the names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one that not one faileth. Verse 27, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord of the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What is man? What have we just read? that answers that question. What is man? In the light of our Lord's greatness and the glory His, 
as God. Does it not astonish you that God should be mindful of man? Especially when we see the answer that we just read given in the Bible. What is man? Man is set before us in the Word of God as the peculiar, distinct object of God's mercy, God's love, God's grace. But what is what is man? What is he? Anyone who knows and acknowledges the greatness of God will also freely, willingly acknowledge their utter insignificance before God. As soon as David looked up to heaven and spoke to God of his greatness, his heart was humbled, his pride was withered, and he cried out, What is man that thou art mindful of him? What am I? What am I that God would be mindful of me? It is impossible for anyone to have both a great view of God and a great view of themselves. It's impossible. If you know God for who He truly is, you will you will know yourself for truly for what you are. What is man? The Word of God tells us plainly. All flesh is as grass, and all the goodness thereof is a flower of the field. That's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 that we just read. Verily every man at his best estate is altogether vanity. That's in Psalms 39.5. Men are a lie. That's in Psalms 62.9. What is man? Don't ask philosophers of this world. They won't tell you the truth. They can only tell you what they can imagine. Educators can only tell you of what they read in manly books. Scientists can only tell you what they see under microscopes. Psychologists can only tell you what they see in asylums. And socialists can only tell you what they have learned from taking tests. Ask the one who made us. Ask your God what is man. He declares in his word that man has fallen. He declares in his word that men are depraved with nothing. Sinners, sinful, cursed, condemned, helpless, dying flesh. Men are as grasshoppers as we just read before him. Men are the dust of the earth as we just read in his word. Nothing more. Man is a lump of clay. We are a puff of smoke, a mist of vapor, a drop in the bucket, as we just read. Oh, how insignificant man truly is. All the nations of all men in all the world are less than nothing before the great and infinite God. Once again, I quote from Brother Don Fortner, who said, Man is nothing. Man has nothing. Man can do nothing. You are nothing, and I am nothing. No matter how many of us nothings you put together in one room, nothing adding to nothing is still what? Nothing. <laughs> That's right, Kathy. Nothing. Oh, Lord, 
Oh Lord, teach us to know our nothingness that we may look to Christ for everything. Amen.